0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do, serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. But what's upstream of those soul level values is the instinct itself, and that you can put no words on it's a kind of infinite potentiality is the best words I know for it it's just like this pregnancy almost of like existence itself like there's something that wants to birth hi it's Joseph and thanks for tuning in to manage to engage the podcast from ClearandOpen.com. we've spent most of the last few weeks answering questions asked by people who were originally on this call which is great because those questions represent the fears and pre-existing notions that hold most of us back from awakening and enlightenment. Today we're going to look at what successful, which is in quotation marks, meditation looks like, and what happens when you give yourself over to what I call the spiritual instinct, which I'll also define here for you shortly. This episode was originally recorded as part of the Meditation for Awakening course available at clearandopen.com. If you want to begin a meditation practice or take your practice to the next level and save a whole lot of time in the process, head over to courses.clearandopen.com. Also, it's that time again. Clear and Open's spring quarter begins April 1st, 2021 with the next live course, The Psycho-Spiritual Dimensions of the Enneagram. You may have heard of the Enneagram or maybe not, but the way most people relate to it is just as another personality typing system but it's actually the mother or father of all personality typing systems when you understand the model you can literally see that every personality typing system we have and there are so many these days is simply derivative of this model the enneagram The enneagram is so powerful that it changes the way you relate to yourself and others irrevocably you will wonder how you ever lived without it this is not an exaggeration especially if you manage people. I often say you cannot effectively manage people. You simply cannot without knowing the Enneagram. I'm not exaggerating. This course will be a deep dive into the psychospiritual dimensions of the Enneagram, aspects not usually talked about, which have immense ramifications everywhere in your life. Not knowing the Enneagram is like not knowing your own gender, in my opinion, because it sheds that much light on who you are, what drives you, how to be the best version of yourself if you've been listening to me for a while you know i don't hype stuff like this this is uh that's not like me but i'm really serious it is for me for anyone who is on a consciousness or healing path it is required it is mandatory you've got to learn this it's the abcs in some ways of the uh, psychospiritual development world i use it constantly in my work with people When you know it deeply, it's like having x-ray vision into yourself and others. In this 11-week course, for the first time, I'm going to, try to anyway, impart that ability to you. It's not going to be easy, but if you take the course seriously, you will have that x-ray vision. Sound interesting? To learn more, go to clearandopen.com slash Enneagram. That's E-N-N-E-A-G. R-A-M. Again, it's clearandopen.com slash Enneagram. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. I hope to see you there. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's start the show. So the spiritual instinct. So we've talked a lot about what the ego is and isn't. And talked about not wanting to meditate from that place because that does not get to awakening. So where do you meditate from then, if not the ego? So do you know that sense that it seems everybody has? And if you're here, certainly you have it too. And it's a sense of there's something more. You can sense into it now. That would be a good thing to do. There's a sense of moreness, that you could be more, that life could be more. And usually we experience it in the downstream expressions of it. Uh, If you're into fitness, you want to be fitter. You want to be stronger. You want to be able to run faster. If you own a business, you want the business to grow. If you're into personal growth, you want to become more self-actualized, more aware. If you're into meditation, you want to wake up. But there's this universally human instinct for more. We intuit on a really basic level that there's just something beyond our grasp. And then the ego interprets it in myriad ways. Stronger, faster, bigger, better, more money, more houses, a boat, more branches, could be anything. Lots of stuff. A bigger beard, could be anything. But the basis of it, the essence of it is just this sense of, oh, I mean, you can't even put any words to it. There's just the sense of there's something more. That's what I'm calling the spiritual instinct. Before it's interpreted by the ego into some pursuit, the essence of it is just an instinct toward wholeness, an instinct instinct toward freedom, an instinct toward transcendence, toward realizing of potential, I mean, whatever word I put on it is still going to be downstream of what it really is, but those are higher up on the, on the chain. Instinct toward love, instinct toward connection, toward truth. It can express in different ways. Those are what I call soul level values, uh, truth, integrity, love. I covered that in uh, the last course. But what's upstream of those soul level values is the instinct itself. And that you can put no words on. It's a kind of infinite potentiality is the best words I know for it. It's just like this pregnancy almost of like existence itself. Like there's something that wants to birth. And then in us as individuals that expresses... However, it expresses in a dualistic personal way. So there's this infinite potentiality that's trying to birth something. And through one person, it might be a business, through another, it's art, through another, it's fitness, could be anything. But there's this infinite potentiality that says, express, be, be this, let this through. That's what you want to do your meditating. Because Here's the trick that in the old days, you might meditate for years before somebody tells you this. You are not the one who awakens. You, i.e. ego. Ego doesn't wake up. What happens is the spiritual instinct that is universal and everywhere Your personal piece of it connects to itself through you. That's what awakening is. It's when spirit, awareness, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Right now I'm calling it the spiritual instinct, which is sort of a more specific way of talking about our piece of it. Your piece of what is behind all things connects to itself everywhere else you are a pipe for it to flow through to itself and when that happens awakening awakens to itself and you are a bystander so one of the biggest impediments to awakening is you trying to do it That's like a pipe trying to improve flowing water. The best way a pipe can improve the flow of water is by getting out of the way, doing less. Every turn the pipe takes slows the flow rate down. Just be as wide as you can. Don't turn a whole lot. Just let the water through. It knows what it's doing. So that's what awakening is. So if the pipe is trying to like improve itself and get something for itself by using meditation to become a better communicator or a better lover or a better business person, well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that then the ego is meditating, which eventually, eventually will put a limit on spirit's ability to find itself. And this is the difference between stage two meditation, I introduced that in writing last week, um, concentration, stage one, abiding with awareness, stage two, abiding as awareness, stage three. Abiding as awareness requires you to give over your experience to awareness. And connecting to what Kurt beautifully brought to us today, if you have an idea about how your experience is supposed to be, that can't happen. Because where is awareness? It's right here. It's right now. Remember when uh, Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, he's talking about the force for the first time with Luke, and he's like, you know, it's, it, sur- it surrounds us. It's everywhere. It's that, that rock, that tree. It's everywhere. It's even in the fearful thoughts that are bothering you right now. That's awareness too. So if there's any push away from the kind of experience you're having, then you're pushing away from spirit. Because in that moment, spirit's showing up like that. That's the power of allowing everything to be as it is. And so you may want, the ego may want To have meditation be a relaxing, enjoyable time, totally understandable. But it could be that reality says, actually, today, meditation is going to be about having 100,000 fearful thoughts in close succession. And the ego is like, but that's not what I want. (sighs) And what does spirit say about that? Yes, it says, you don't want that. But that's what is. Deal with it because it's easy to think, you know, the better you get at meditation, you start sort of mastering the ability to find these different states and have it be really relaxing. It's sort of like, you know, if you go and and, uh, work out with weights, if you feel really strong at the end of that workout, you probably weren't lifting enough, right? You should be tired. And then that stimulates the muscles to get stronger. Well, every time the fearful thought or whatever the thought that's annoying comes up, every time that comes up and you see it for what it is and allow it to be, and then another one comes up and you're like, oh man, okay, well, I guess this is how it is now. There it is. And then another one and another one. Each one of those is like a rep. So watch out for thinking you know what productive meditation is because it may not be you see if the, the if you think that meditation is about being in a deeply relaxed and sort of transcendent state and that sets your day to be this like you know blissful everything's easy thing if that's your conditioning around meditation well then you're going to steer away from those difficult things and you're going to think you're doing it wrong and then you're going to stop what if maybe your best meditation sessions are the ones you hate the most and that's why the best thing do with meditation is you meditate every day, especially when you don't feel like it. Anyone who's ever gotten really fit, they know you go to the gym, especially when you don't want to, or great at anything. You practice your instrument, especially when you don't want to, especially when you hate it. Because three days later, you go, oh, look, it worked anyway. I hated it the whole time. I hate probably 20 or 30% of my meditation sessions. But I don't care as much about the part of me that hates them as I do spirit getting to experience itself. And so the spiritual instinct is something that everyone has in essence, but it's not necessarily active. And there's a sort of continuum of activation. The earliest memory I have of my spiritual instinct activating was when I saw my father took me to see Empire Strikes Back when i was five years old and i saw yoda training luke and talking about the force that was everywhere and i decided that day that i had to become a jedi and i remember vividly i was five i remember vividly being in the hallway of my house because i'd argued half the way home with my father about whether jedis were real or not because in my five-year-old mind with my active spiritual instinct they had to be real because I had to become a Jedi, so they needed to be real. And I remember he told me to look, him up, look the word up in the dictionary, and I was heartbroken when I wasn't there. Two years later, 1981, uh, when I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I remember this moment still vividly uh, when they talked about the Ark, and it was a way of communicating directly with God. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I, Yeah, that, I need to be able to do that. And there were other things after that, but that's the spiritual instinct in us talking. And the ego is going to interpret it in different ways. So like I had this like gumball machine, little pink ring that had a kind of Native American symbol on it. And I would talk to it. I would pretend it was, that was my ark. I could talk to God through it. That, that's the, so the, that was the ego interpreting the spiritual instinct, however it could. So look in yourself to see how that how active is, is that instinct you wouldn't be here unless it was someone active but meditation will take you to awakening when you use it to fan the flames of that when you switch around the orientation which is completely reasonable and often necessary of looking at spirit in terms of what it can do for me ego and turning it around as what does it want with me what does it want with me that's the final stage of meditation that's what gets you to awakening again because awakening is not you awakening it's awakening awakening to itself so there's a kind of giving yourself over to the process and then at a certain point ramana maharshi coined this phrase uh your head gets caught in the tiger's mouth and that's a kind of point of no return where you're chasing it for a while and then the tables turn and you realize that it's actually chasing you and you can't escape it anymore but the metaphor i like to use is uh you know when you're on a roller coaster and you've waited in line for like 45 minutes and it's so slow and it's doing this you know The chain, the giant chain is pulling you up slowly and you can feel the heaviness of the cart and you're just wanting to get to the top. For God's sake, it's been an hour I've been waiting and it's all this work. And that's what meditation is in the beginning. And then you get over the crest and then you're like, crap, why did I want to do this? You're terrified. Well, that's what meditation can be like. And then you won't have to spend much time or energy focusing on you know, honing your meditation skill that becomes unnecessary. Meditation then has you and it will just find you whenever it wants to. It's still, I think, good to have a set time during the day, but you know, you may have a plan during your day and suddenly meditation will be like, actually, you're just going to sit really still for 10 minutes now because it's so strong, you can't do anything else. That's what happens when you give yourself over to the spiritual instinct. And that's what leads to awakening. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow,